Hello, race fans. Welcome to the Other Side Sports Podcast with our NASCAR edition, Turn 2. I'm Joe Pickney, and I got my man, Anthony Ortiz, on. How you doing, Anthony? Oh, man, doing well. Lots going on in the world of uh, motorsports the last week, so ready to jump in here and talk about it. Absolutely, man, absolutely. Let's uh, get started with uh, the race, uh, this past Sunday's race. What did you think? Give me your thoughts, man. Man, I really, really enjoy Homestead as a uh, mile-and-a-half track. Um, really like the fact that they had three grooves there. It seemed like that top groove right against the wall was the fastest groove, but that was a risk versus reward because, obviously, if you're running inches away from that wall, eventually you could make a mistake and end up getting some damage there on the outside you know, hitting hitting the ball with either the right rear or the right front fender. So I really liked the, uh, the track. Um, I'll be honest, though, with the package that NASCAR brings, it was kind of just the same as like a Darlington, what I said about Darlington a few weeks ago. I think that Homestead could really um, benefit from running a high-horsepower, low-downforce package. Same with Atlanta last week. Just because tire wear is so much tire wear at Homestead and because they have those three distinct grooves, especially that one against the wall, I think that the package that they're running right now is is the opposite of what would put on a better show at Homestead. Um, I didn't think it was a bad race. Obviously, the rain at the beginning kind of – kind of drew everything up. I was really ready for them to kick it off at four o'clock and then they had the lightning and then lightning again. And it was just kind of like a, a never ending thing for a few hours. And then they finally went ahead and, and, you know, got the race in fairly late from like a seven to, to ten thirty or so race. So, yeah, I, I thought it was an average race. I didn't think it was great, um, but I really feel that, that it could have been a lot better how they have that that short track package that they ran at Bristol. I, I definitely would like to see that at Atlanta um, next year. Um, so that's kind of my initial thoughts of it. What did you kind of think of the race? Yeah, same here. It You know, it was a tough follow on the Xfinity races because they're really good. So... Um, but, you know, I felt like the right car won. Um, Denny had the best car, the best long run car, long run car overall. Um, although, you know, and we'll get into the J, the Joey Logano and Chase Elliott controversy. I think with 29 laps to go, Chase had a had a big run there. And, and you know, uh, Joey kind of held him up. Joey was a lap down, which which, you know, kind of stunted his momentum. And, and Denny was able to get around on the outside and then you know that was basically the end of the race and uh so you know yeah it was average you know it, it, it was average i felt like uh you know coming off of you know what i call an emotional weekend the previous weekend i i felt like it 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 lived up to kind of what we thought um i agree with you i think they should definitely look at, uh, you know, uh, making those adjustments to the, the package like you suggested and maybe come back um, next year and, and be able to uh, run that. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it, it, was, it was an average race. You know, let's call it what it was. But, um, you know, uh, definitely with uh, Joey and, and, and Chase, hopefully now, you know, Joey got his payback and, and, and these guys can kind of continue on and, get themselves ready for the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, yeah, average race. 
Yeah, agree. Um, some pretty good storylines throughout the race, um, though, even though it was an average race. Uh, my first storyline, kind of the top of the list. Obviously, we'll get to Joey and Chase here in a, a short while here. But, man, I thought Tyler Reddick did a phenomenal job on Sunday. He ran in the top five pretty much from the drop of the green. I think he started in, like, the mid-20s. And within the competition caution, he was already running, like, in the top ten. And then he got into the top five fairly quick and pretty much stayed in the top five all race so it was definitely Tyler Reddick's best showing since he's been in the cup series and he's kind of been the best of the rookies so far and man I'm telling you I just that kid just to me he has like superstar written all over him I think Tyler Reddick is going to be somebody that we're going to be watching for a long long time in the sport and I think he's he's kind of single-handedly right now bringing RCR back like RCR's pretty much been a mid Pat Carr since Kevin Harvick went to Stuart Haas and Tyler Reddick kind of by himself is is bringing that organization back and lifting them back up so I really liked what I saw out of Tyler Reddick that was kind of like my big takeaway from the race was you know Tyler Reddick gets a fourth place finish gets his best best finish of his career ran good all day and like man this kid is going to be a superstar um was was really surprised at how bad Joey Logano ran and also how bad Jimmy Johnson ran. Jimmy Johnson did not have a very good car on Sunday and it was weird because all the other Hendrick cars were pretty good at times. Bowman spent some time in the top 10. Byron spent quite a bit of time in the top 10 and Chase was up there in the top 5 to to 7th, 8th place pretty much all race. So I was really surprised that Jimmy didn't have a very good run. That was kind of the other uh, storyline for me. Kind of the good and the bad there was really, really impressed with Tyler Reddick and kind of surprised at how bad Joey and Jimmy were because I thought they would both be, you know, running at least in the top five. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I texted you, Reddick is just a stud, man. He's a stud. uh, And he's one of those guys where, you know, some people you got to kind of – Got to kind of nudge them along to kind of to, to kind of get them going, but this guy is going to be one of those guys where you got to kind of rein them in just a little bit. But yeah, I felt like at the beginning of the race, I really felt like he had the best car, and had he had you know if he was able to get out front in that first you know in that first stage, I felt like nobody would have caught him, and I, I felt like that would have really. Uh, you know, put him in position to really contend for the win like Denny and uh, Chase was. But um, because he was flying, man, those, those, those that first uh, stage, he was absolutely flying. And I thought he had the best car, you know. Yeah, I agree. He definitely had, had probably the best car there in that first stage, especially considering he started mid-20s. I mean, man, he sliced and diced through the field in no time. So, yeah, that was really, really impressive. Um, And then to the Joey Logano, Chase Elliott in, uh, incident, I'm really interested to see what you got to say about this uh, deal. But I just kind of give my quick take on it. Um, Really, to me, um, I always say I think within 50 laps to go, the lap cars have to – yield to the lead lap cars to let them guys race especially if you're racing for a win anytime you're a lap car you should allow the guys that are racing for the win you give them that respect to be able to race um that's normally what i think however the situation was a little bit different because chase did use joey up a couple weeks ago at bristol so um i kind of understand where joey was coming from i don't really put a harm and foul on him for doing that but I also didn't put a harm and a foul on Chase for doing what he did at Bristol I think it's just a nice rivalry it's racing and the thing with Joey he 
showed what he wanted. And he said, a quote from Joey said, hey, he cost me a race. I'm going to cost him a race. Well, the problem with that is now if Joey's leading the race here later in the year and Chase, for whatever reason, is about to get laughed, you better believe Chase is not yield. He's going to make life miserable for Joey to try to pass him. So what comes around goes around uh, continually for this feud. So kind of interested on your take because this is kind of like your favorite driver versus your least favorite driver here rivalry so i'm interested to see what you guys say jeff yes i'm gonna surprise everybody with this one i actually uh did not have a problem with it because i knew something was coming based on what happened uh you know at bristol and uh, you know i'll be honest with you i felt like he let him he he let him go you know obviously you don't want to play those games at those speeds you know in the uh you know the intermediate uh uh, tracks because you know you don't want to injure anybody so if you ask me i think chase kind of got off lucky there and just you know being uh blocked in order to maintain his lead so i you know hey man it, fair game is fair game but one of the things that i like though i like that you 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 starting to really get these rivalry back you, you start you know like a lot of times you hear and you know you hear in like the nba for example everybody's friends the whole aau culture they don't necessarily want to go, you know, mano a mano. But what I love about Joey and, 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 and even with Chase this year and driving, these guys are actually, hey, we're going to race hard. We're going to do it as clean as possible. And we're going to let the chip fall where they may. And I just love it because that's just a storyline story that's going to travel throughout, I, I feel, the, uh, the rest of the season. Because we already know Denny, Joey, Chase, Keselowski, those are right now to me, and with Harvick kind of coming, you know, up, you know, kind of right there too, but still has some issues with consistency. I feel like those four guys right now are the drivers to kind of beat in terms of the championship. Let me, what, what do you think of that? Yeah, I agree with you. I would, a couple weeks ago, I really would have thrown Alex Bowman in that. Uh, punch too because it seemed like Alex was top five every single week the last couple weeks he's kind of fallen off too yeah where he hasn't been getting as many good finishes but I still think that whole Hendrick Motorsports organization but especially Chase Elliott number one for sure and then Alex Bowman kind of number two I think those guys are contenders the three Penske guys Blaney, man, he's been there every week, too. Blaney's been in the top five every week, and eventually the kid's going to start having some luck. And when he starts getting some luck, I wouldn't be surprised to see Blaney roll off two or three wins either. So, But, but yeah, Joey and, and Chase are going to be right up there in the championship picture throughout the whole year. So to see that rivalry is really nice for the sport. And, and kind of your thought, man, like Chase is the most popular driver in NASCAR. There's no debating that. Like, he is the guy. And Joey... Joey Logano and slash Kyle Busch are probably tied for the most villainous drivers in NASCAR. So to have your favorite driver and your villain driver having a rivalry, it's just so great for the sport. It really reminds me of like a Dale Sr. Jeff Gordon type of deal. It really Absolutely. does because both those guys were – they had their fan bases. They loved each other. But when those guys got on the track and started rattling each other's cages, you know, or, or really Dale would rattle Jeff's cage and Jeff wouldn't back down <laughs> like most guys would to Dale. Um, it was it was awesome. And and Chase, I was really proud of what I saw from him at Bristol because he's never done that in his career. Well, he's got to keep it going now. I don't – I expect him to continue this rivalry with Joey. And if I'm nasty, 
NASCAR, I'm going to back up and let this let this rivalry be organic and let it happen because it is just fantastic for the sport. It's going to bring in more fans. It's going to be more storylines. Just good, good stuff. So I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I always, every time, you know, I kind of feel out the, you know, I kind of feel out the, uh, the, the, the first stage. And for whatever reason, man, I'm always texting you in the middle part of that first stage and says, man, I really enjoy this chase. It just seems like he's ready to take hold of, you know, take hold of the sport. And that's and that's what we need from him, man, because I feel like he's an introvert just naturally. And it's nothing wrong with that. But as long as he gets when he gets behind that wheel, he's a hard charger. I have no problem with that. And you can tell that he has confidence in his cars. Um, his pit crew is starting to come around a little bit. They're still inconsistent, you know, things of that nature. But, yeah, I, I feel really good about it. And even though I don't like Joey Logano, I definitely respect his, his, his you know, his driving ability, just his talent. He's going to be there, man. So, yeah, we're definitely, um, you know, the Joey Chase thing, man. I, I really, really, really um, look forward to it each each week that you know they run and you know just to go back on the jimmy johnson thing i just chalked that up to man they missed the setup you know they just missed yeah, the setup definitely. and you know uh I, I i i really want jimmy you know and i know you do i want him to get at least one win this year so he can really go out and be celebrated i like where they uh named the uh term turn three tunnel after him i thought yes, that was yep. a nice gesture by the track and everything so yeah man it's 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 definitely man i'm i'm just i'm just loving this season man i'm, I'm really really loving this season hey let's let's kind of talk about the denny hamlin Corey lajoy uh feud that kind of went overboard and nascar got involved i'll let you start off yeah man so obviously denny hamlin won the race on sunday we didn't uh mention that part We're a little bit there you mentioned it but denny hamlin did win the race on sunday but man for the last like I don't know, maybe like week and a half, him and uh, Corey LaJoy uh, have had this little bit of a Twitter beef where they've kind of going back and forth. And I'm not really sure where it started, but I kind of started following about a week ago. And kind of the premise was Corey is kind of saying, like, if I was in a had more of a funded car, I believe I could run up front as to where Denny's saying, like, hey, it's the drivers. You still got to run up front. You know, just because you're in a fast car doesn't necessarily mean you'd be up front. It's kind of where it started. And then Jeff Gluck just took it to a whole new level today, saying that NASCAR actually had to get involved with these guys at some point, I believe earlier in this season, about their little on-track rivalry they've had, which kind of surprising because Corey LaJoy drives for such a small little you know go fast racing's a small team they got like 15 employees it's where matt benedetto really got his name was driving for go fast racing you know and having good runs and Corey, for the most part has done the same thing i mean last week at at martinsville he flat out outran denny hamlin the whole race he finished better than him and he outran him the entire race so um, I, I don't know a whole lot of details. I think it's still kind of being discussed on how the rivalry came about and all that. But, man, just kind of reading the comments. You know, I said on the podcast a few weeks ago, I try really hard to like Denny Hamlin because he's like, I feel like he's a good guy. And last year at Bristol, when he beat my boy Matty D at Bristol, Denny was really emotional for Matt. And he said all this great stuff about him and, and said, you know, hey, the he lost his ride. The owners, this is on you. Like, give this kid a ride. He's a good driver. So I try really hard to like Denny. But, man, like, every, like, couple of weeks, he just says, like, the most bonehead stuff. Like, the guy just says the most idiotic things, and I just cannot get behind him. And to, to suggest that, 
that a guy like Corey LaJoy isn't running up front because of his driver talent, which is kind of what he insinuated on their Twitter exchange, is just asinine on Denny Hamlin, okay? Denny Hamlin's a really, really talented driver. There's no doubt he's won back-to-back Daytona 500s, has like 40 career cup wins. I mean, the guy is great. But if you put Denny Hamlin in that 32 car with limited funding, with, you know, five cars in the fleet, he ain't running up front. He ain't running in the top 10. I'm just, that's just the facts. It's not happening. So Kurt Busch proved that a few years ago when he drove for James Finch. And yeah, he would give him a few good runs here or there, but he didn't run consistently up in the top five or top 10. And he finished like 30th in points that year. Okay. So for Denny to kind of insinuate that it's talent with these guys and these little funded cars is just crazy. So I kind of feel bad for Corey because I agree with Corey, honestly. What I've seen this year, I think if Corey LaJoy had a top ride like a Joe Gibbs car, absolutely, I think he'd be running in the top five, and I think he'd be contending for wins. I mean, there's been numerous in the last few years, I said this a few weeks ago, Alex Bowman was a great example. Drove for Tommy Baldwin Racing, BK Racing, small little teams, goes to Hendrick Motorsports, all of a sudden he starts winning races. Matt D drove for a long, small little teams, had good runs, now he's driving for the Wood Brothers. He's right now, if the season regular season ended, Matt D be in the chase right now. So it, it, it has a lot. You don't get me wrong. You have to be talented to get behind the wheel of these cars, but you're only as talented as that car can go. And if you do not have a funded car behind you, you're not going anywhere. And for Denny to just not realize that it's just, it's just crazy, man. He's been around the sport too long to say something that dumb, in my opinion. That's just the way I look at it. So what, what do you kind of think about that, Joe? Because I am I know I'm a little bit critical of Denny, but, man, I, I just thought that whole thing was dumb. Man, I agree with you 110%. Let me tell you about Denny, okay? Denny, like we said, Denny is excellent driver, has all the talent in the world, but he has a slick mouth, right? There's yes. something, But I, you know what I think that stems from? If you look at Denny Hamlin's career, and I think Corey LaJoy struck a nerve when he said, if, uh, you know, he'll probably run strong at Homestead, he may even win because obviously it's not the end of the year and he's going for a championship. <laughs> and that stung him, but it's the truth. And what I'm, what I'm getting from Denny is he's starting to feel the pressure, man. He's yep. starting to feel the pressure of, I need to win a championship to validate my career. Yes. And, so what's happening, though, I feel is you got this whole new crop of new drivers coming in and they are going to race you hard. They're going they're, they're not going to back down. And these kids are even running hard in the lesser equipment like the LaJoys, the John Hunter Niebercheks. Um, You know, obviously, uh, Reddick has a little bit better equipment, but these guys are running hard, man. Bubba Wallace, you can have Bubba Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace, absolutely. These guys are not backing down, man. You know, because right now, if you look at the sport, Jimmy is on his way out, right? So that 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 uh, battle for the Alpha Dog. Let's say, okay, it'll be Kyle Busch, but still, these guys are hard charging. They're coming, man. And if you look at Denny. Then he needs to win a championship. I'm sorry. He he with with the equipment that he's in, and as many times as he's been there, he needs to close the deal. And I think the pressure's starting to come on to this guy, which causes him to, you know, if anybody ever really challenges him or whatever, you know, he expects him to back down. But these kids aren't backing down anymore, man. So I think I I think the pressure of that is getting to him. You know, it is. And and I agree, man. You know, 
a couple things about Denny. One thing that he said, this really struck a nerve with me. This is when there were there's two instances really where, where I was out on Denny, and this was very early in his career. There was one time at uh in a nationwide race where Denny Hamlin was so pissed at Brad Keselowski for racing him hard for second place at Charlotte. This is when Keselowski drove for junior motorsports and they race him for second. And he was so mad that Keselowski didn't just pull over and let him go. And there was like eight laps to go in the race. And Brad's like, dude, the, what the leader was 10 seconds ahead, but what if the leader has a flat or something or runs out of fuel or, or has an issue? Uh, we could be racing for the win. I'm not going to let you go with five to go. And then he was just like outraged at it to the point where Dale Jr. actually went after Denny Hamlin defending his driver. Okay. You can YouTube that clip um, that, that happened. And then there was another instance right after Joey Logano got in the, sh- uh, pen- got in the shell pencil car for Penske. Uh, they had a little De- Denny flat dumps Joey at Bristol dumps him running like fifth for fifth place, like the fifth race of the year, the day Bristol race. And then he come out and said after the race, they said, well, are you a little, the reporter asked Denny, uh, are you worried that Joey, you know, might pay you back? And Denny said, well, I don't have to worry about that. Cause I'm running. I always run so much better than Joey Logano that I'll never see him on the track only except when I'm lapping. That's what wow. he said. Well, it's kind of funny because he makes that statement. And now in 2020, Joey Logano's got a championship under his belt. And Denny Hamlin still does not have a championship under his belt. Brad Keselowski has a championship under his belt. Denny Hamlin, still no championship. So I definitely agree with you that he races with the chip on his shoulder. But I think that some of that stems from just stuff that he said in the past to these guys. Then these guys turn around and win titles before him. I think it just kind of slaps him in the face. And he takes, you know, these young guys, I think I think he definitely feels uh, some kind of intimidation from these guys. Like, man, I hope one of these guys don't end up in a good equipment and they might take a title from me, you know, just like Brad and Joey took a title from me, you know, in the last 10 years. So, yeah, man, every time I want to like Denny Hamlin, he just does something boneheaded and I just I just can't get behind him. I understand he is a top driver. But you're right. When the pressure is on at Homestead, Denny is not the driver you seem to want when all the marbles are on the line. And that's just been the facts over the last few years. Okay, Jimmy Johnson and his prime, when the money was on the line, I would rather have Jimmy Johnson driving than any any driver out there. Jeff Gordon and his prime, oh, my God. When the money was on the line and you need an extra tenth of a second a lap, Jeff would find you two tenths because that's the kind of driver he is. Denny has not been that in his career, and I agree. I think he's starting to feel some pressure. Yeah, absolutely, man. And 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 you can just kind of tell, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, I look at, so, you know, I, you're not supposed to really take Twitter seriously, but still a lot of people when they, when I see some of the comments about Denny, you know, I, I guess he's a little standoffish in the garage area, too. And that's another thing that kind of turns people off. He's kind of a loner. Hey, it's nothing wrong with that. But at some point, you know, you got to kind of ingratiate yourself to the to that community and things of that nature. And he just seems like he's better than everybody. You can't do that. You're, dude, you're not even a champion, you know. So hopefully, hopefully for him, he can win a championship. But. I got my doubts. I really do, man. I got my doubts. Yeah, I, I agree. I I would say Denny is one of the better – obviously, he's got one of the better cars this year. He's going to be up there. I wouldn't be shocked if he's one of the final four at Phoenix. However, if 
it, the final four, it has Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch or Martin Truex Jr. or Joey Logano in it. I think all those guys have a heads up over Denny Hamlin. I really do. They've all won championships before. And I think if it comes down to, you know, a one-on-one battle, I do not have my doubts that Denny Hamlin will, will seal and, and deliver the goods. So, yeah, I think he just sees a lot of pressure. And also, you know, look at it right now, man. He's got three teammates. He's got Eric Jones who, you know, is a younger driver. And then he's got Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch, who both won championships. So he's literally got guys on his team who's won championships with the same equipment he's got, and he's yet to deliver. So, yeah, there's no doubt he's feeling the pressure. And, man, for whatever reason, he just comes out and says the dumbest stuff over that pressure. I just don't (laughs) get it. Wow. Hey, look, man, what about the big news, the all-star race in Bristol? I man, I know when they made that announcement, I know you probably jumped for joy, man. Oh man, that was probably the I, I actually read Adam Stern on uh Twitter. He always the head of the game and he kind of tweeted about it like eight hours before, like hearing a rumor that they're gonna move the all-star race to Bristol. And then, you know, eight hours later on Hub, they're announcing that that's what they're doing. And man, I was loving that. Um, I love it for a multitude of reasons. Now I guess to, to be fair to Charlotte, the main reason it sounds like they did make that move was because the governor of uh, North Carolina is not would not have allowed fans in the stands for that all-star race, and the governor of Tennessee has okayed 30,000 fans to attend the race at Bristol. So with 30,000 fans in attendance, you're still going to be able to social distance pretty well. I mean, God, Bristol seats like 150,000 people, so 30,000 is, is only like a third full at Bristol. But it is going to be nice seeing fans fans in the stands. I'll tell you what I'm really excited for. I'm really excited to see the NASCAR open, uh, the, the, the open before the all-star race. Generally they do like the three segments and the segment winner of each segment gets in and transfers to the race of the guys not already eligible. I think that's going to be crazy at Bristol. Cause you got a guy, let's say you got a guy like Bubba Wallace who's running in second place and he's got to, you know, turn somebody to win and get into the all-star race. He's going to do it. Remember Bubba actually uh, won and o- won an open race last year to get into the all-star race. He transferred yeah, that was exciting. and raced in it. And that was, really exciting uh so for bristol it's just gonna be great there's a lot of scenarios i was reading about what they could possibly do with the format they haven't announced you know how they're gonna do the format how long the stages are gonna be um whether they're gonna eliminate drivers they've done a lot of craziness in the past but uh no matter what they do you better believe a short short track race on a wednesday night uh, that's July 15th race on a Wednesday night. That is going to be some really, really exciting racing. And I am, for one, really looking forward to that one. No, absolutely, man. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hated that the uh, Charlotte won't have it. But just like I said, this this entire season here, man, you know, this is the time to try new stuff. Even if you, you know, I just think this season is going to really set up the sport for 2021 and beyond with just a whole new pack of ideas, uh, things that have been tried and true. And I I think it's going to be a plus for the sport, man. I really do. So I'm very, very happy about it. I'm excited about it and can't wait to uh, see see how it's going to play out, man, because I think it's going to be exciting. And then, you know, you're right. You add the uh, 30,000 fans that are going to be there, man. The adrenaline is just going to naturally flow on a Wednesday night. That's going to be awesome, man. So I, I can't wait. 
Yeah, man. And, and I'm, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm feel bad about Charlotte missing a race too, but we've seen two races now on the Charlotte Oval within the last month, you know, they had their Coke 600 and then they had that Wednesday night race uh, for NASCAR catching up from races that they missed from being out for so long. So we've already seen two oval races at Charlotte. I know we already saw an oval race at Bristol, but I can watch a million races at Bristol and never, it just never gets old. It's just fantastic racing. And I am looking forward to it. Um, Joe, did you see the number change that they are proposing there for uh, Bristol, where they're moving the number back to the rear quarter panel a little bit? Kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that if you've seen it. Yeah, man, I I don't I, I saw it and it, it really didn't bother me, man. It, you know, it puts actually it puts the spot. I think the sponsor would be if I was a sponsor, I'd be really happy. You know, you you get to see your name right on the side of the door like that. But um, it doesn't bother me, man. You you know me, I'm I'm all for trying something new. I know it got some pushback from fans and and I think Marty Smith actually might have said, you know, uh, don't go with that idea or whatever. But it doesn't bother me. What about you? Yeah, I'm. I agree. For a sponsor perspective, I think it definitely pops the sponsor out more, and that's why NASCAR is looking at that because you know they're like, "Hey, is this an idea where we could get more exposure to sponsors, try to attract more sponsors in the sport?" My initial thought of it, I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of ugly, but just because I'm so used to seeing the number on the door, um, but I'm sure like anything else, I wasn't a fan when they put a wing on the back of the car instead of the spoiler. But after watching about ten races. I I didn't even notice that it had a wing instead of a spoiler when they were doing back back in like 2007, 2008. So yeah, man, I'm fine with changes. Um, uh, test it out, see if they like it. And if it's something, you know, they want to go back to, to, to the doors in the middle, you know, numbers in the middle of the doors, no harm, no foul. But I definitely like they test things out. And, man, the all-star race is a perfect time to, for them to test stuff out. Absolutely. You know, they don't Absolutely. have any other – you don't want to test this stuff out during the regular season because there's too much on the line and too much money involved and, and just too much deal. But, man, with, with – uh, an all-star race where there's no points on the line where it's basically an exhibition race for the fans and you know a chunk of change for the winner stuff like that is perfect to to try out so i, I applaud i applaud nascar for trying new things i like it yeah absolutely and let's let's talk about nascar and trying new things you know they, they've made a lot of changes very quickly and and i know it's just Man, I, I look at some of the memes and there was uh, the famous Dr. Uh, Phil uh, meme where he's kind of puzzled. And he's, he has that puzzled look where he grabs his head. It's, I, I know for longtime fans and things of that nature, there just seemed to be so much going on. But I just think the fans should be, you know, every sport this year is going to be different. We, You know, as we see with baseball now, baseball looks like it's coming back and it's going to be totally different there's going to be all dhs and things of this nature so i just think this is just a year where you put stuff out there and you see what sticks you see what's good what's bad and then you just kind of go from there man so i just want all the fans to kind of be patient with nascar and and let's just see where all this all these changes take us you know i wanted to um talk about uh nascar appointed a new uh vp of uh, diversity um, and inclusion is the title. A uh, young man by the name of Brandon Thompson. He's a graduate of Clark University here in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, it, it seems, I you know, I did a little bit of research on him. So it seems like he started in the 
Uh, he was the managing director of the NASCAR Touring Series in 2016. He just kind of worked his way up and gained a lot of respect throughout the sport, um, you, you know, in terms of the inner workings with sponsors and most importantly, the, the uh, you know, the officials, the drivers, the team owners, crew members and everything like that. So um, just seems like this is a, uh, a move that's going to further uh, increase the diversity and seems like this young man is, is, is really grounded and, and, and has his finger on the pulse. He loved, he grew up loving motorsports. And, uh, so congratulations to him, man. And, and I just wish him the best, you know, obviously on Twitter and I get it, you know, people, they make comments and things of that nature and stuff like that. But, um, um, you know, good luck to him and, 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 you know, what the sport has going, you know? Yeah, man. Agree. Um, when I first read that, I was really, really happy for NASCAR for taking the uh, diversity and inclusion seriously by being able to appoint somebody in charge of that who obviously knows their way around the garage area, understands the sport, and understands what it could take, you know, to get more African American, more Hispanics, more Asians, more whatever into the sport. So I really, really like that. Um, my other reaction, man, I know it seems like this is like a broken record. We say this like every week. We kind of both agree on this. But, man, doesn't that have Steve O'Donnell written all over it again, hiring somebody like that for that job? Like Steve O'Donnell just doing a fantastic job of, of pretty much just everything that has to do with NASCAR. When I read that, I was like, yep, this is Steve O'Donnell yet again appointing somebody in charge so that we can evolve this sport that, that you know, me and you both love. Um, so I was all for it, really happy. And it just shows how serious NASCAR is over the last, you know, few weeks has really came to light and how, how they want to get more, you know, African-American fans and other fans into the sport. And, um, yeah, I'm all for it. I love seeing last week at Homestead uh, Alvin Kamara dressed up in, in Bubba Wallace gear and was up in the box watching the race. Uh, Bernard Pollard has been, like, tweeting like crazy. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's pretty much been watching every race they've had, so you know, since uh, – since Bubba Wallace came out and said his deal. So yeah, with the removal of the Confederate flag and everything, I'm just really, really proud of what NASCAR is doing. And I think they're really stepping in the right direction because, you know, I'll tell you a great example, a couple, like last week, last Thursday, uh, I was watching a little bit of the debate shows and, you know, a guy like Shannon Sharp, dude, Shannon Sharp knows his NASCAR. Shannon yeah, he does. They're talking about Skip Bayless and he's talking about the older he loved, grew up watching the Daytona 500 is, uh, he said his great uncle was a, a moonshiner. Um, and that's where NASCAR started. You know, they were smuggling moonshine. That, that's a fact. That's how it started. And they would get, I said, they would every year watch the Daytona 500 and Kel Yarborough was, uh, was Shannon Sharp's favorite driver. So, I mean, he knew that Alan Kowicki's the Davey Allison's the Kel Yarborough's and Yarborough was his, was his guy. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, I think fans, uh, especially in the South and, and African-American, Hispanic, everybody that loves auto racing and to get them into this sport, now that they can feel included a little more by not having that flag and, and other things of that nature. Let's appoint this guy who knows what he's doing, understands the African-American community, understands racing to help, you know, bring that bridge just closer together and bring more fans in. So, yeah, I'm really proud of what NASCAR's doing. Absolutely, man. Agree with you. And, yeah, man, you know, a lot of times I don't agree with Skip a lot, but we all know Skip is the, you know, he runs that show. And, and that says a lot about Skip to allow – 
these topics to be on, you, you know, and undisputed and allow Shannon, you know, he understands Shannon has the knowledge about NASCAR. So, you know, big shout out to those guys, man. And um, just like I said, when, when I saw the appointment um, at first, it kind of, I felt kind of, I was like, whoa, I, I really did not know anything about the young man, but I was very happy that, you know, he had already been, you know, he kind of knows NASCAR. He worked his way up through the ranks. You know what I'm saying? That way, because, because looking at some of the replies, I thought maybe they got somebody from the outside and they didn't know anything about the sport. But, yeah, Steve O'Donnell, man, this guy is – he's on it, man. This this guy has his finger on the pulse of the sport, and um, th- there's just good things ahead for this sport, man. So couldn't be more prouder now to be a fan than, than ever, and I know you feel the same way. Yep, absolutely, and ready to watch this uh, sport grow forward no matter what color the fan is or the driver for that matter i'm i'm ready to see it go forward absolutely hey look man let's talk about the big nascar hall of fame announcement man dale jr mike stefanik red farmer man uh give me your thoughts on you know dale jr or either of the other two gentlemen that were elected hall of fame members and and i'll definitely give you uh my perspective yeah, man. Um, start off with the other just two kind of smaller guys first, and then I'll touch on the big boy there. Um, Red Farmer, don't know a lot about him because obviously he's 87 years old. He raced back in, you know, we're talking early forms of NASCAR, but I've heard Red Farmer's name quite a bit from older veteran drivers when they talk about, you know, older guys that could really wheel a car. Red Farmer's name comes up a lot. So um, obviously he is deserving of being in. So that, that was cool to see one of the older roots guys get in like they do every year. Uh, Mike Stefanik just absolutely dominated what they kind of call the Featherlight Modified Series for NASCAR. I mean, the dude had like seven championships. So, I mean, the guy was just dominant. For NASCAR, it was pretty awesome to see him get in, and he deserved to get in because of, you know, what he did in that Featherlight series, so that was great. Um, then we get, of course, to Dale Earnhardt Jr. I know there was a little bit of controversy on whether Dale Jr. deserved to be in or not. Dude, in my opinion, Dale Jr. is 1,000% a Hall of Famer, all right? There's a couple stats that I saw that were just, you know, kind of told that story there's only 32 drivers in the history of nascar that have 26 wins or more and one of those 32 drivers is dale earnhardt jr so just based off that stat alone you would think all 32 of those drivers would eventually get into the hall of fame so that that's kind of the one um two Dale Jr. 1,000% helped revolutionize NASCAR in the early 2000s, okay? He was the man, the most popular driver after the Dale Sr. tragic death uh, in 2001. But, man, Jr., a lot of guys could have taken that role and really fell on their face with it. He did not do that. Dale Jr. took that role, and he really thrived as the face of NASCAR for everything he did off the track and for, you know, how he represented himself to the media and how he represented the sport and how he attracted new drivers to the sport. Just everything that he did off the track probably outweighs even more what he did on the track. And he was really good on the track, man. I go on the record to say if DEI did didn't have their issues financially. Dale Jr. could easily win a championship with DEI. In like 2003 to 2005, 2006, they were one of the best teams out there. Jr. was winning like four or five races a year. I mean, he was one of the best. So I 
I 1000% agree that Junior should be a Hall of Famer. Was really happy for him. And even like, dude, look recently, like drivers that are in the Cup Series right now, like Brad Keselowski, Alex Bowman. Junior founded those guys, man. Junior was the guy who got who saw their initial talent and put them in in rods in his his equipment. So huge junior guy. I wasn't always a big of a fan when he drove, but as he got older and as he's especially left the sport and as I've got older, I'm just a big fan of Dale Jr. as a person. And I'm really happy to see him get in the Hall of Fame. Man, that that that's awesome, man. You you kind of swayed me in terms of how you laid it all out, man. I, it, it was very nostalgic, and and I appreciate that, because uh, man, I was coming in hot. Now you kind of dampened my my argument, man. Okay, so let let me let me just tell you what how I feel about it. Okay, I I do feel like he should be a Hall of Famer, right? I really yes. do. Um, but when I it, it caused me to go back and kind of do a deep dive on his career as a driver. You follow me? Yes. And for me, I, I guess, you know, I, I just guess that he just wasn't as talented from a standpoint. Cause what I was, where my mistake was, I was comparing him to the legends and I cannot yes. do that because yes. it's unfair to him. You know, he did not have that type of talent. Um, one of the things that, I was a little disappointed in was when he made the move from DEI to Hendrick. And I felt like, I was like, wait a minute, was the 88 a third place car? Cause he consistently was a third place car. And naturally, you know, you have Jimmy, you have Jeff, but uh, I was expecting a little bit more from him. And it just seemed like he was never really, really comfortable when you had both, Jimmy, Jeff, him, and then whoever kind of rotated in the, uh, the, 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 you know, the four, the five and the 25 or whatever, you follow me? Yes. So, but, but as I did some more studying about him, man, you know, he really um, put a lot of pressure on himself because, you know, he was trying to obviously, you know, he could never really live up to what his dad did on the track, but he felt like, uh, leaving DEI and going over to Hendrick, he could kind of forge his own path. But apparently, he really, really battled anxiety and things of that nature because of the expectations of running well and being in that top-notch equipment. So I didn't know that about him. I didn't know that was something that he actually dealt with. You follow me? So yeah. So when you, I mean, you know, obviously, fifteen-time uh, most popular driver. You know, he's, he's won Talladega six times. He's tied for second with Jeff. You know, obviously his dad has 10 wins at Talladega. Um, I, I, you know, like I told you, that 2001 Pepsi 400, to me, that is the best race ever. That is the race where going into that race, even, and Jeff won the championship that year, but I did not pull for Jeff that race. Um, yes. As a matter of fact, Jeff, Jeff kind of, got caught up in a wreck real early. So he was kind of a non-factor. It's like a test session for him. But I was pulling for junior like crazy, man. And when he pulled that thing off, man, I was just, I was balling because, you know, obviously what happened to Dale senior was tragic. So um, his Bush, his Bush career was uh Bush finishing uh, career was pretty good. You know, he had 10 poles, two, two championships, man, two championship back to back titles. He had 24 wins there. Um, you know, obviously 26 wins. He has a combined 50 wins, so he makes that threshold of 
50 wins throughout the NASCAR uh, series. But yeah, you're right, man. He's, he, he's, he actually has what I would call a nice driving tree, you know? And um, so, yeah, man, you know, it's it, it, just like I said, I just think, I guess I was expecting um, a lot more from him on the track because you can't debate what he did off, off the track is just to me, um, it's it's Dale Senior and Dale Junior, and, and that's in a landslide, you know. It, yeah, and, and you know, good for kind of the what you originally thought. I think that's what kind of gets a lot of people. You want to compare Dale Junior to Dale Senior? Well, man, if Michael Jordan's son played in the NBA, everybody be comparing Michael Jordan's son to himself. But that's not really fair to the child. You know what I mean? To the yeah. kid who has to fill those shoes. So. Junior was not his dad on the track by any means. I think he was a good, solid, above average driver. Yeah. Um, but but he wasn't obviously he wasn't Jeff, he wasn't Jimmy, he wasn't Dale Senior, but he was a really good driver. And and something else that I think I really believe this, my personal opinion here, not there anybody saying bad about anything, but I think that he held he held on to Tony Urie Jr. as his crew chief maybe a little bit too long because I believe they're cousins. I think Tony Urie Jr. is related to Dale Jr. I yeah, he cousins. is absolutely. So when when he left Dale Dale Earnhardt Inc., he took Tony Urie Jr. with him to Hendrick Motorsports, and he really struggled. And then uh, as soon as Tony Urie left, and he started with Steve Latart after that. Man, Junior really started to flourish under Steve Letarte after several years with Hendrick. So I think if Junior maybe would have had a Steve Letarte or even an Alan Gustafson or, you know, somebody like that in uh, in his corner um, later in his career, earlier in his career, I think he might have seen a difference when he went to Hendrick Motorsports. And make no mistake about it, Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss, they had it all figured out, man. They were clicking like I've never seen anything click before during that stretch when they won all those titles. Uh, so Junior probably wasn't going to win titles because he probably wouldn't have been, been able to beat out those guys. But I just think Tony Erie Jr. maybe held him down a little bit. Um, but Junior still had a nice, solid career. And like I say, man, I'm just I'm happy to see him go in because he seems like a great guy and, and, and he does a lot for the sport now, even being out of the sport. Yeah, so many young drivers that have gone through the junior motorsport route to get to the Cup Series. Tyler Reddick actually won a championship for junior motorsports in the Xfinity Series as well. So, I mean, he's, his tree is very, very impressive. Yeah, no, no, you hit the nail on the head, man. Yeah, and uh, just like I said, you know, him taking Tony Uri Jr. with him kind of kind of backs up the point of him needing, you know, him with the anxiety and needing to uh, have somebody that actually knew him when he went over into Hendrick and, you know, try to take on that challenge as far as being a, uh, you know, the, uh, the elite driver. But yeah, man, no, uh, happy for him. You know, he's doing very well now. Um, you know, grounded family man, you know, obviously, you know, both me and my wife, we follow him and his wife on all aspects of social media and so happy for him there, man. But um, yeah, man, I think I just had the bar as far as a driver too high, you know? Yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, two two guys for you real quick while we're doing this Hall of Fame debate. Mm-hmm. So then two guys that I got to question you on real quick, mm-hmm. all right? Because these guys were on a ballot. They didn't get in over Dale Jr. Carl Edwards, Jeff Burton. Are either one of those guys Hall of Famers? I'm saying yes on both of them. What do you got? I'm saying yes on Carl. Jeff Burton, nah. I, I, I just He was a solid driver. 
Um, and you know what, man? I got I got to read. I got to come back to you. <laughs> okay. I, I got I got to examine Jeff because man, Jeff, man, Jeff on the telecast. Oh my God, man! <laughs> you know, so yes. I got I to reexamine his career. You know, I remember that all time all time battle with uh, Jeff Gordon in '97 uh, at Darlington. The Southern, yep. Southern 500 for the uh, million dollars. That was sick. That was great, man. So I have to look at his career. But Carl Edwards, man, Carl Edwards is just one of the great mysteries. I'll never figure it out, man. Me neither. He just neither. walked away, man. Right at the prime of his career, just gone. I never understood that either. When And you look at his wins, dude. He's got like over 30 wins in his career, too. Yeah. So, I mean, he was winning races at a high level before he left. I was expecting him to, you know, maybe sit out a year or maybe two and come back. But, dude, he just, no, that's it. He's done. And yep. I don't necessarily know what he's doing. I thought one time he was probably running for, like, an, a local office or something like that. Um, but, no, I, I don't know what he's what he's doing, man. It's weird, you know? Yeah, I. it's a great mystery. I actually read Carl Edwards was actually called by Chip Ganassi earlier when uh, Kyle Larson had his deal and they went with Matt Kenseth. Before they called Matt Kenseth, they called Carl Edwards. And Carl Edwards said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to continue to be out of the sport. So, yeah, man, he's a great mystery for me as well. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, even though he doesn't have a championship. And Jeff Burton, I'm on the fence on, too. I'm with you, man. Like, do a little more research on it. I just yeah. remember there was some years where Jeff Burton absolutely dominated in the Xfinity Series, too. So, I yeah. bet when you take his cup wins and his Xfinity wins together, he's going to be, you know, have a nice little sample of wins. So, I would put Jeff Burton in that uh, in that Hall of Fame. And then something else about Jeff. Man, let me tell you what, just since we're talking about Jeff. Dude, his kid, man, he can freaking drive. For like a 19-year-old kid, Harrison, he won uh, Homestead Saturday, the Xfinity yes, race on yes, Saturday, his yes. second one of the year. Dude, his kid can freaking drive. So there's going to be another Burton Inc. Cup real soon, and he's going to be up front. I can tell you that because that kid, he he's going to be another star. Yeah, that that win on Saturday was that that was that was awesome, man. He drove the heck out of that car, man. So yeah, you're right, you're right. He, he he's definitely I, I think old Harrison may be the best out of the Burtons, you know, depending on what kind of equipment he gets in and stuff like that, because that plays definitely plays a lot into it, man. Man, we got your we, we got your race coming up, Talladega, your track, man. I know you were excited. Yeah, man. Huge fan of restrictor play racing. Um, I know everybody kind of yells at restrictor plate racing they either hate it or some people love it i for one love it so i'm stoked about sunday um i think you're gonna see a crazy insane race you're probably gonna see one or two huge accidents um kind of similar to what we saw at daytona um hopefully you got new fans that tune in because talladega is one of the most exciting races from start to finish um and if i gotta pick a winner on sunday you're going to like to hear this. I'm thinking Chase Elliott's going to win at Talladega. Uh, Hendrick always runs really, really strong at Daytona and Talladega. And I would pick Bowman. I think Bowman's got to have the better car, but I think Chase is a better plate racer than Bowman. I like Bowman. I don't know about him as a plate racer. So I'm going to go with Chase winning on Sunday. 
Man, wow, that that's that's a that's a great pick, man. That that's and I I didn't even have Chase on my radar because here lately with the restrictor plates, he's been crashing out, man. I don't know whatever he's either been crashing out or taking the wrong line or whatever. But um, the thing that I like about the restrictor plate races are everybody has a shot. You know what I'm saying? Everybody yes. has a shot. Um, there's nothing like the draft, right? There's just yep. nothing like it, and so. But my winner, I'm going with Brad K. I think Brad K. Brad K is smart, man. He kind of hangs around, kind of stays in the back from time to time, and, and so I, I'm going to go with Brad K. He 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 has the ability to really avoid uh, things at Talladega, and I'm going to go with him with my dark horse being the outlaw too. You know, uh, he 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 also does pretty well with uh, restrictor plate racing. So yeah, man, I'm. I'm excited, man. I can't wait. Hopefully the weather, I, I didn't get a chance, you know. It's it looks windy. good. I looked at it. It awesome. looks solid okay. for Sunday. Good good deal, man. So, yeah, I can't wait. Um, I can't wait to see uh, Bernard Pollard texting about, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, <laughs> tweeting about uh, Talladega because that's going to blow his mind, you know. Oh, dude, and yeah, it's going to be outrageous. You're going to see a big probably 20 car pile up. Um, you're right, dark horses for sure. You're going to have underdogs. So you went ahead and grabbed the dark horse there in Kurt Bush. Man, my dark horse is going to be even more of a dark horse. But man, I'm going with John Hunter Nemechek as my dark horse. On okay, Sunday, okay. I don't know. If, you know, that front row motorsports car. Remember, David Reagan won a race at Talladega in that car. And, David Gilland was his teammate. They finished one, two yeah, during right. that race. That was like five years ago or so. So front row motorsports is always pretty good on the plate tracks. John Hunter, a pretty good plate racer. He was, did well in the truck series and Xfinity series. So I uh, think John Hunter is going to have a pretty good run. Um, of course, this is all subject to whether these guys miss the wreck. That's what it comes down to at Talladega. You got to miss the wreck and be there at the end. But I think that uh, if they doesn't get involved in a wreck, I think John Hunter will be up there and potentially could steal a win. Man, guess what I watched last night? I watched the last 24 laps of the 2011 Talladega race with the tandem racing, the one where uh, they were coming to the uh, to the start-finish line with their four wide, and I thought Jeff and Mark was going to win it. But for, for some reason, Mark detached from Jeff. I couldn't figure that out. I, I was like, did he do that on purpose or what? Because they had all the momentum. And then you got Junior and uh, Jimmy coming on the uh, – you know, damn near on the apron to uh, win the race. And so that, that race was awesome. And the thing that I loved about the race was just listening to the commentary by old DW, man. It was so yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and they did make some adjustments to the weekend to try to avoid having another accident like Newman had at Daytona. So it sounds like tandem drafting is going to be, damn near impossible uh on wow they pretty much took the uh made the arrow duck smaller and did some other things so they're trying to make it to where you can't tandem draft because you know that's kind of what started newman's newman's deal at daytona so that could be even more interesting we could be looking at just flat out old school pack racing and i love that but that generally means a big old 20 to 25 car pile up somewhere in the middle of that race so looking forward to it though it's going to be really really exciting and Man, nothing else I'd rather do on Father's Day than enjoy some nice NASCAR racer from Talladega. There you go, man. Well, look, man, I, I, I definitely appreciate you jumping on, man, and us being able to do this. 
Um, look, man, have a great rest of your week, and we will definitely be texting and talking on Sunday, man, okay? All right. Yeah, you too, man. Happy Father's Day to you early Same to you, uh, for Sunday. And for everybody else out there, all the dads, happy Father's Day, guys. Absolutely, man. Take it easy. You too.